Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, happy party Friday, everyone. It's uh, Chuck and Julie, Chuck Bino, Julie Hayden, and the Truth, truth straight up, truth just straight when up. you need it. Uh, exactly. Brought to you by. Hey, the show is brought to you by AmericaCitizenPress.com, a great conservative website. Um, and then also Dr. Julie McCallan in Denver Senogenics. Lots to talk about today. Um, we're going to start off with John Conlon as soon as we get him on the phone here. He's got a, I thought, a pretty interesting column up again in AM Greatness. Yeah, really um, it, it's the kind of thing, you know, we know we're being played um, on this whole Ukraine thing. Um, and he points out that this is a playbook we've seen before. So Lots we'll talk- of times. Yeah, we'll talk to him but about- But before that- Wait, no, wait, no, no, no I want to wait until no. we get him on because I want him well, to hear it. I, well, okay, but I'm just going to let you know we have a treat for you on oh. Party Friday. Uh, we have a very literate audience, artistic <laughs> audience, uh, and sensitive audience. So we're going to start the show off with, with a poetry reading. That's um, right. And so uh, you need to look forward to that. We got to get John here so he can listen to poetry reading. He's a very sensitive. <laughs> That's right. Poetry reading. We're running a little bit of class. A recitation. A, a recitation. I see we've got Karen Cataline joined us on Zoom. We're going to have her on at 3.30. Um, we're going to be on vacation next week. Um, and Karen's going to be filling in for us on Monday. And then Mark Griffin's going to be filling in for us as well. But Karen's got a little bit of a promo. She's got a great show lined up. Actually, I was like, oh, I should have oh. stolen her ideas. <laughs> exactly. And then the one and only, our Neil Mathai, was on Steve Bannon's War Room yeah, yesterday. A, yeah. Did a great job talking about we'll Colorado politics, and we'll play a little bit of that. Um, and do we have time? I take it, Thomas, you're probably trying to get John. There we go. There oh, he is. And it shall be given unto you. All um, right. John Conlon on line three. Hi, John. Hi there, Chuck and Julie. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Hey, before we get to um, your column, um, as Chuck explained right before you came on, we're trying to add a little class to the show. We've got a very literate audience, very and educated. And so we thought we'd uh, throw in some poetry reading. A poetry recitation. A poetry <laughs> recitation. Nancy Pelosi reading Bono with a little bit of commentary by Tucker Carlson Doesn't for St. Really Patrick's Day. Doesn't get any better than that. Um, and so, uh, TJ, if you could please play the poem soundbite. So into this sad maelstrom strides Nancy Pelosi, who we told you last night is, among many other things, a military strategist. Today, she may have unveiled the most powerful weapon in her armament, which she's sending directly to Ukraine. No, it's not a missile. It's not an anti-tank stinger. It's not a MiG. It's a poem by Bono of you too. Listen. I got this message this morning from Bono. And, and most of us, we're always, whether we're in Ireland or here, or whatever it is, Bono has been a very Irish part of our lives. Oh, St. Patrick, he drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's not all it, that's not all it takes. They struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family, Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine, and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. <laughs> yeah, 
So let's say you knew Bono. Let's say he was like a friend of yours. You'd see him at events. And he texted you a poem that he'd written on St. Patrick's Day. What would you do with that poem? Well, you'd probably read it to your spouse or maybe forward it to your kids. Just kind of brag like Bono texted me his poem. What you would not do is read it in public in deadly seriousness unless you had your head so far up your own butt that you had no idea where you were, in which case you'd pull it out and read it like you just ended the war. You and Bono. Thank you. <laughs> a tear to your eye, John, huh? That that poetic. You know, I want to say, Bono, by the way, got ripped in the social media saying he should be sanctioned for that. <laughs> um, somebody said. Many of us should be weeping, but not for the reasons that they think. Exactly. Somebody said, and I bet this is exactly what happened, that, the you know, it's like ring, ring. Hey, Bono, it's the White House. Nancy Pelosi, can you do a poem for St. Patrick's Day? He's like, sure, on Ukraine. And he said, when's it due? And they're like, in five minutes. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> We were laughing though, checking it. It's a good thing that we he didn't have to rhyme Herzegovina or something like that. It's a good thing it was Ukraine. Lots yeah, of stuff. Really bomb places we wanted <laughs> easy to rhyme with. Hey, but you had a, a great column. I want to refer everybody to that today in uh, in AM Greatness. Um, where you kind of talked about, you know, this is, we're being played, but this is a playbook we've seen before. Um, what's going on in Ukraine, you hinted, has sort of eerie similarities to some other situations in U.S. history. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, as, as, as I've been watching these Ukrainian things take off and, and, you know, the drums of war, I mean, are being beaten very, very loudly and, you know, people are jumping on this bandwagon and said, man, I've seen this movie before. And it, it goes back to Saddam and the Bush, the first Bush administration, because Saddam was upset with the Kuwaitis. He had some reasons. Maybe they were valid. Maybe they weren't. He told our ambassador point blank, he was unhappy and was considering invading. And our, our ambassador said nothing, which, as I understand it, in Diplo speak, basically is giving tacit approval. Yeah. Um, he, he, he assumes that that's, you know, it's OK to go in. He rolls in. And then, of course, Bush forms an international coalition, bombs the crap out of him, hoping to, to dispose of him uh, and drive regime change. And it sure seems like that's the same thing that's ha- happening to Putin in that, you know, I mean, Putin broadcast to the world what he was going to do. He had those right. troops there for months. And all it generated was, you know, a tough talk, strong letter to follow type thing. So it sure seemed like the Biden administration was somewhat in inviting him to uh, invade. You remember Biden's comment about, you know, a little incursion might be OK. Right, right. A teeny one. Uh-huh. With, with the same thing. It's, it's a setup. As soon as he rolls in. All of a sudden, we rain hellfire down upon him, which I'm not necessarily against that. It's kind of cruel to those 44 million poor Ukrainians who we used it like a dirty dish rag, um, if this is the case. And that's basically what I talk about. Yeah, people sort of forget, and I've sort of forgotten, that in in 1991, um, Saddam... Hussein was a very close ally. We had we'd <laughs> supplied lots of money in his war against uh, Iran. Uh, we had most favored nation status. Uh, we were giving him arms. We were buddies. We, we were great buddies. Um, and when Ace, April Gazba, Gazbro, uh went to see him, and they were close, apparently. They had a good relationship. And he told him he was going into 
um, into Kuwait, and, and she'd been told by the higher-ups at, at the State Department to warn him off. Uh, she <laughs> forgot that part and just sucked up to him yeah. the entire time. And so when she left, oopsie-dipsie, we've got a nice golf, golf war. Well, and, and, it's, and the, the media reporting is the same. You, you can go back there. There was the same thing. I think there were, you know, infants, premature infants in incubators at those Iraqi soldiers were beating against the walls and killing them. I mean, it was graphic brutality. And it's the same thing now, you know, pregnant women, children dying. I I don't deny that that's happening, but it sure seems to be part of a a presentation to us. You know, the ghost of Kiev. And, you know, I I listen to the media about the the guys on Snake Island. And, you know, I bought into it because they all told us it was true. Well, a lot of what we're hearing is not true. Right. Well, well babies, if, it, if, you, if you have a story about babies and it's not about abortion that their media is for, it's wartime because, <laughs> it, you know, I can remember back when, I can't remember, but reading about the invasion of Belgium and the British propaganda saying the Huns stuck babies on top of their bayonets and marched them around uh, Belgium <laughs> cities and stuff. None of it was true, but it made a good story and everybody was very very helpful. So um, <laughs> that's well, you're right. we are being manipulated. You know, there's a Twitter group I follow <laughs> now, and I found them to be really pretty good. It's called Russians with Attitude, um, and and obviously they're Russians, um, and I think they're and they, have and they have an attitude. But one of the things they say that's pretty interesting is they said it's pretty outrageous to see how many Americans are supporting going into a war in Ukraine, going into a war and sacrificing their own economy over a country that 90% of them didn't even know existed a month ago, right? Which is true. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's scary. I mean, uh, the, the politicians, there's, there's, you know, we do have a constitution. I think this is a representative government, or, or was at one time. I don't think it is any, any longer, since right. we clearly don't know who's actually running the Biden administration. But you know, there hasn't been a vote. We're full-blown war. I mean, other other than sending our troops in there, you look at all the actions, we're, we're full-blown war. We're sending a billion, well, we're supposedly sending them a billion dollars in aid, but we know that just goes to our defense contractors, and then right. they send ship the material. So really, it's the defense contractors who just pocketed a billion dollars. And they get, and they get uh, siphoned off and sold right. to the uh, yeah, and it's, black and it's, market. Well, John, it's not even that. In Colorado, Jared Polis sent him about 800 helmets. So yeah. that's just yeah, something. I, I, <laughs> I, I, and, and, you know, we're ta- they're talking about, you know, these Russian cronies, and we're going to seize their yachts and all this. And once again, I don't doubt that they're probably criminal scum. But are we a nation of laws or what? Right, what right, laws are these people violated? Right. Well, and again, we're seemingly doing this without any regard to ourselves. I mean, so we're destroying our own economy, which is already on the way down the tubes anyway. Um, I was reading the thing about how all of this talk about not letting Russia, um, you know, pay off its debts and, and they, you know, they can't use the, they have to use the ruble and things like that, that it's sort of going to have, um, could have a huge impact um, on the value of the dollar around the world. I mean, if we take away the dollar as a central currency and all of a sudden, I mean, if I'm a foreign nation and the United States can get annoyed at me and all of a sudden they say they're not going to accept my currency and then China says, we'll take it, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, we're doing ourselves, I think, a lot of harm, again, over a country that 90% of 
cannabis didn't even know existed. And you got to wonder why. And I think that's what your article got into, where you talk a little bit about what essentially what I would call the deep state and the uniparty manipulation. Um, And again, this is it's a it's a strategy we've seen them use before. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't claim to know why they're doing it. I'm just saying if you just look at it objectively, it sure seems like this country wanted Putin to invade um, for for whatever reason. And then they're using the power of the media and, and the useful idiots and people playing their roles just as the deep state assumed they would to, to get the drums of war uh, pretty loud. I mean, I, every night... You know, if you just turn on any cable news channel, it's right. kind of frightening, like you said, Julie. I mean, one, no one knows where the heck this place is. Um, and two, as wound up as people are, I mean, you know, Putin has become the most evil person on the world, and and we must, you know, depose him. And I remember Hillary Clinton over there with the reset button not all that long ago. This is the same guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and you well, know- she's she's what what's nice about it anyway is you got Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all of them. It's the same story, which is massive uh, civilian casualties. The hospital was bombed. The shelter was. And bombed. you never see any pictures of that, actually. I mean, well, that's well, when you do, they turn out to be not. But, but but it's always it's always civilian casualties. And if you look back, how many pictures of civilian casualties did you see? On our Iraq invasion, where we killed over a hundred thousand in the shock and awe campaign, none. You never, you never saw a single civilian die in the Iraqi war, uh, at least not for the first year or two. I mean, it's it really is incredible that this is a war of civilian casualties, and uh, and, and I guess that's what it is. I mean, when you when you bang those those uh, war drums. The key is to get out your propaganda. The other right. people are what are they? Truth murders. is the first casualty of yeah. war, right? I mean, it's just great. And then, and if if we actually did go to um, our wonderful U.S. Senate and House of Representatives, they would approve war. I mean, they've got plenty of Republicans from Mitch McConnell. I'm to, afraid you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they they all it's it's and, well. And going going back to something, Julie, you said about the banking system. You know, whether nationally or internationally, the banking system works on on trust on a general principle if you put your money in the bank you can get your money back right this is challenging that that is not a little thing by any means well and i would say i would compare it to this that you know when we all get out in our cars and we drive down the street right i heard george brockler use this in a trial very effectively he said you know that that little dotted white line is like sort of what keeps us all alive right and if i mean there's 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 no barriers it's just this white line and we all follow the rules and we don't cross that white line but if all of a sudden everybody started ignoring the white line it would make it extremely dangerous to drive and you wouldn't be able to drive and that's what i think is going on with, with stuff like the banking system or you're seizing people's assets, you know, you, 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 you do that and it causes, I think the, it has the potential at least to destabilize a lot of things that kind of keep the world, you know, going around. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the repercussions of all these things, they have no idea where, where they're all going to lead. You know, Ukraine is the, the infamous bed, bed basket of, of Europe. They provide food for a lot of the world. Planting season is coming. They miss yeah. that planting season. There's going to be uprisings across the globe in, right. in very poor countries when they're starving. 
Right. Well, and you'll be good. Let me read a couple of comments from some of the listeners. This is from Jim. My give your buddy a knife to take to a gunfight comment is coming true. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, Jim. Yeah. And from Charlene in quotes, news is a product manufactured for our consumption. Aren't there any Ukrainian soldiers dying or is it just civilians in Wag the Dog War? Exactly. Civilians and kittens, Charlene, a lot of kittens. Occasionally <laughs> Russians exactly. well, and, and this whole thing that supposedly we know the morale of the, of the Russian right, army and right, they're right. getting their behinds kicked right. and, and it's like – um, well, and then the Ukrainians are supposedly winning the war. You know, I God bless them for fighting. But uh, there was a military guy that on yesterday, and he was said, "Look, you know, the the Ukrainian army is spent. It's over, right. and uh, the best that can happen now is they're you know, they're looking for a peaceful settlement." Right. Uh, well, you'll be glad to know, John. Joe Biden had a meeting with China today, and he told them there would be consequences if they. Did something and helped Ukraine or helped Russia. And then our right. State Department yeah. sent out a synopsis of the conversation <laughs> in total, you know, foggy bottom, saying nothing. While the Chinese were very specific <laughs> about everything that was well, that was let out. And and the the, the 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 Americans did not specify the consequences. Now I'm going to go back to just in the past couple of weeks we've seen Saudi Arabia, the UAE not take the president's phone calls even we've had him begging venezuela for oil and venezuela said thanks but no thanks um and i mean if i can figure out that we had there's nothing we can do to china right there are no the reason they didn't specify consequences is there aren't any i have some good sources that indicate absent chinese cooperation they're going to revoke any passes to disneyland yeah <laughs> and, and and that apparently has them panicked they don't know what to do they want to get their their pedophiles uh, in and 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 to have fun um it, it it is how much bluster we have and how little we actually do to back up that bluster. well and i think we have the repercussions backwards the repercussions will probably have something to do with hunter biden's laptop and uh, <laughs> I think that will influence the Biden administration. Right, right. Well, where do you know, going back to your column, you know, talk a little bit about because you talked about, you know, the first, you, you know, the first war. And then then what they did is they sort of successfully elevated Hussein into the evil incarnate, which then they used to justify the next war. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, <laughs> Hussein was a little upset. He tried to assassinate Bush because um, because of the treachery and you know if 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 Putin really thinks this happened to him you can be certain there'll be I don't know it'll be Hunter Biden's laptop or or what but there will be repercussions to this you know as I mentioned in the article we have all these politicians telling us we we it's always the great we must make sacrifices for this just and noble cause like you said, Julie, a country that most people couldn't identify 60 days ago. But we, they, you know, the politicians won't make any sacrifices. Yeah. They won't financially impact them. Won't be their kids dying. But we must make sacrifices. Well, after after reading your article, I said to go, go look back at, at some of the 1990 coverage, 91 coverage. And, you know, people are going, well, wait a minute. If, if the weapons of mass destruction was BS and the um, Al-Qaeda and Assam was BS, then what's the likelihood that they're trying to kill George Bush was BS? <laughs> and they went back. Very said, true. That's, that's true, too. Well, they said, they looked at it and said, all they have is, is Kuwaitis captured some people and tortured them 
and and they under torture said that they wanted to hear that they were trying to kill Bush, and they said yes. Yeah. So and they pointed out, you know, Saddam Hussein would probably not want to kill Bush because that would mean his own death. Well, it'd probably be fairly difficult. Well, <laughs> well, they brought they brought a, a they portal out a car with explosives and stuff, but everybody kind of goes based all on quacky torture evidence. So is it likely that that was? It probably wasn't not likely. You'll never know for sure. But it's, that is probably also unlike, unlikely. So I must admit, all the time I kind of go, well, well, that's true. And I go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second. Maybe that's not well, true. It, it, starting starting when, with, you know, when Trump was running for office and then uh, for the four years of that assault on him, you know, a lot of us used to believe things that the FBI occasionally right. said or the CIA or uh, sadly, the erosion in trust and, and that they're proving it. it it's it's good to be it's justified not to believe anything these people say but can you have a functioning society and a and a large functioning government like we have now um when no one trusts or believes anything the other guy's saying i don't see how that works well you know and one of the things you do well in, in your in your real job is you talk about systems and things like that i mean let me kind of go back to what we were talking about with the banking system and and when you combine that so you have i think anymore a complete lack of trust in the healthcare profession a complete lack of trust in government institutions and justice um, a complete lack of trust in the media. And now even a little bit firmer than that, you know, your bank can decide it doesn't like your politics and just seize your money and refuse access to it. You can have a government say, hey, I don't like who you support in a war. So we're going to seize your your car or your whatever. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, well, that's, they did, be... that's they did in the land of freedom up in Canada. They kind of like, oh, we don't like you truckers. Right. I mean, so that's we'll, we'll freeze your accounts. You yeah. kind of go, can you just do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It, exactly. And sadly, the three of us would be probably uh, towards the top of that list. So I'm really against That's if that. he had money to seize. But, but how does <laughs> yeah, that... Good point. How does that, you know, from the kind of work you do studying systems and, and how things work, how does that impact the overall system? Again, it's got to be, and maybe let's talk about George Soros here, but it's got to be incredibly destabilizing, I would think. Oh, yeah. Like we said, we... And, and, and so many things are subtle that you, yeah. you, you, you know, you, you just kind of assume this is the way it is. Well, you know, with, with the bank, well, of course, I put my money in the bank. The bank gives me my money anytime I want it. It's, it's my money. Uh, nations across the world, you know, hey, I put, put my, you know, resources in your country because there's rule of law and whatnot. Supposedly, that's one of the huge advantages yeah. of the, that the United States has versus a lot of countries is that, you know, we're rule of law, so you're safe here, you know. Um, that's proven not to be the case. And, and where that all leads, nobody really knows. Yeah. Well, maybe in a way, a good thing where people <laughs> think for themselves and decide for themselves. And... Well, they have to base it on some evidence. <laughs> and, yeah. and where do you look to get that evidence? Well, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, you, you can say, well, trust, but verify. Verify with who? The fact checkers? Oh, yeah. The fact checkers. I, think, <laughs> I mean, I think they're it, not even fact Oh, go ahead, John. It, it, I think it drives a further tribalization of our society yeah. in that just what Chuck said, who do you believe? How can you, how can yeah. you, everybody's lying to me. Well, my tribe, I'm going to have to just trust my tribe first. And, and yeah. that's, yeah. You, you see people heading to their corners. 
Now that that's a really good point. You know, they talk unity, 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 and yet everything this administration and this democratic progressive and this globalist agenda does is serve to further separate people. Um, um, it's it is it's alarming. Well, let me let me read a comment here from Charlene. Another one. They're going to tell us in a few weeks we won the war mm-hmm. because of increase in defense spending um, and uh, thirteen point eight billion for Ukraine gravy train as they airlift Zelensky out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what? I'm going to be even more cynical too. And I have no doubt that that in six months, all the Russian oligarchs are going to be back in their yachts, sailing around with um, Bono, with with Bono, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> writing is right. And hopefully, Nancy Pelosi won't get to read any more poems. Mm. So, well, John, let me just sort of final question for you. Just you know, where's this going? Yeah, where mm-hmm. where is it all? What do you see in six where months? Where does it end up? Here, I'll, I'll give you the only honest answer any of us can. Hell if I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's just so many moving parts and there's so much, you know, we have no idea what's going truly going on there. Going back to Chuck's point. I mean, I, you know, uh, the Russian army just continues to take geography. Um, the Ukrainians have no cho- chance of, of forcing them out of the, the territory that they've already taken. That's, you know, that's not going to happen. And, um, you know, hopefully the drums of war in this country can settle down and cooler heads can can start prevailing. The, I, I, I know you guys, you two are aware of the site that Babylon B, probably the only mm-hmm. source of facts in today's society. They, they had a great one a, a week or two ago. I'll mess up the title, but it was something about how, you know, millions of Americans who cowered in their basement for the last two years because the <laughs> government told them to now right. cheer for you great Ukrainians to die for their freedom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We have to wear masks, you know, and, and yeah. And then everyone's running to Poland so they can go fight for Ukraine. It's like, well, right, we exactly. you guys go die for your freedom. Hell here. Yeah, if yeah. The government tells us, you know, we have to do this. Oh my gosh, we do it. Yeah. yeah. We got a butcher's bill to pay. That's right. The right. We watched, we watched uh, wag the dog again a few weeks ago. And, and and watching you kind of go, I thought this was supposed to be satire. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Somebody took notes from it. Yeah, this is actually, you know, this isn't satire. <laughs> not like they said, you know, before about the, the whole left progressive world going on out there that, you know, 1984 was supposed to, the book it was supposed to be a warning you know, not a, not a how-to guide. Exactly, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Hey, well, John, thank you for your time on, on this Friday. Thanks where, for a great where, column. where can people get more information about you and, and some read some of the things that you write? Well, they can go to American Greatness, today's article, um, or my website is eicenterprises.org, or just search for my name, John Conlin, C-O-N-L-I-N, and uh, you'll find me out there. All, All right, great. sir. Have a great well, party Friday. Take we'll, care. We'll talk to you later. All right, Bye-bye. thank you, too. Take care. Yeah, right. there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, when I was reading that, they had this meeting with China and the United States that there will be consequences, but they did not specify what those consequences would be. As a parent, I can tell you, when you tell somebody there's going to be consequences, it's important to spell out the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the person needs to understand what that is. If the consequences, you're going to do anything, well, that's that's pretty easily done. Hey, why don't I switch gears here a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. As I said, um, Chuck and I, we're going on vacation. Um, spring break to Ukraine. to Ukraine. Yeah, right. we're going to go fight. No, we're not. We're not. Um, we're on vacation next week. Karen Catalina is filling in with us on Monday. Mark Griffith is then filling in for us too. Um, and I see Karen Catalina is joined. She's got a great show lined up. 
Um, if you want to come on, Karen. Um, hello. 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 I was telling Chuck, I'm like, I should just steal Karen's show. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> no, I hope you'll have them on again. Um, yes. Hey, I just wanted to focus on something. Like, first off, that was a tremendous interview. I stuck around and watched it. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. And uh, I could not agree more. Boy, what a story. Right. It's right. been more obvious that we're being lied to, and yet some people still want to believe the liars. Anyway, I just well, had let, to me, let me pursue that a little bit. I think you're right. And I think what's particularly scary to me now about the, the Democrats and the Uniparty people is everybody knows they're lying. Like the reporters who knew they were lying about Hunter Biden's laptop, to them, the lie at the end justifies the means. And that's something, again, that I said, we Republicans always have to remember to the Democrats and the progressives, it's war and lying in a war. It, truth is the first counter, right? That's okay. And we need to remember that that's how they yeah, do play. you really think that people on Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and, and the New York Times and everyone else actually thought the Hunter Biden story was yeah. Russian disinformation? None, no. None of them thought that. They all knew it was true, but they all go, well, you know. They, it's, yeah. okay. I, I have a couple of quick thoughts I have to throw out because, again, I've been talking about this too. Did you ever think it was possible? The, the power of propaganda is yeah. that uh, you could make a reliable anti-war crowd scream for war, the left. Yeah. How do you make them ignore the previous hatred they have for all those pro-war Republicans and join with them uh, with the likes of insane Lindsey Graham and others? He's oh. insane. He and is. where's... Where's Cindy Sheehan and Jane Fonda and, and Neil Young? I want to know. Where and Cher. Are Cher. Cher. We want Cher. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I think we, people miss it. You have to listen to the beginning of our show. We had a poetic reading, Nancy yeah. Pelosi reading Bono's Ukraine poem. Um, but yeah. Well, let me actually, but that kind of ties in because you're going to have some guests on. You're going to have Bono on, right? On Bono. Yeah. <laughs> on Monday. You're right. going to have some guests on Monday um, who can um, talk about. Um, some of the things that people are doing to kind of fight back against some of the tactics the Democrats use. Well, it wasn't difficult. You just go to, you know, local Colorado news. And there was this article about the Liberty girls. And they started out with like a few people. And now they've got over 300 women and, um, and no less than the Colorado sun, which is hardly a conservative publication Right. Did a reasonably good job of profiling them, saying that they are winning. So I think we need to do, give them as what much as at? possible. Yeah. Well, they're doing, um, the, uh, she'll tell me. You know, they're doing all the the usual stuff and then some. Sorry, Julie, what? No, I was going to say, I mean, I believe that this is a group of essentially, you know, soccer moms who have now become, I would say, mama bears, right? Who have said, hey, wait a minute, what is going on in our world? And, you know, they have not been particularly politically active, but realize that if if they don't, somebody else is going to. And you're not going to like what that somebody else is going to do to your kids. And and so they've been getting involved, like you said, at the caucus level, at the precinct level, at the local school 
school board level. And, um, you know, they're not waiting for stuff to come down from the party establishment. You know, they're not waiting for Dick Wadhams to tell us what to do. I don't even know who Dick Wadhams is. Sorry, Dick, to use your name in vain there. But, you know, they're just taking action. And um, and then they, they're finding like-minded people. And they're finding out they're a heck of a lot of like-minded people, I think. Yeah. And there are a lot of these groups springing up. And then there are people that are just kind of, again, grassroots, not astroturf teaching other people and can all across the country how to do this. So I'm sure that just uh, scares the left to death. So the person I'm having on uh, in this segment is going to be Donna Tompkins, who originated this one group, Liberty Get Girls. And because we have Zoom now, which we're using, she's willing to do that in many places around the country and just train people how to Uh, do these groups. And each group has its own kind of personality and flavor. She made it a point to me to tell me that we're not, uh, you know, angry, angry people. I said, well, why not be angry? I mean, at what point do you not get angry? (laughs) She said, well, we're angry, but we're not vengeful. I said, okay, well, Um, and we'll talk about that. And I think that what's interesting about that is because I go to a a similar kind of group of women. Right. And and I'm like the kind of the rabble rouser there. But what's so these are people who they don't want to be angry. They don't want to offend people. They don't want to lose their friends on Facebook, but they are doing something. They're not being silent anymore. And there's like I mean, so I think maybe that's where she's coming from. And and it takes different types of people in different types of roles. But you've got a bunch of these people out there. And I would say if I'm a Democrat, I'm a huge number of people who are like, okay, I may not, you know, have my own talk show about this anymore or write columns, but you know what, I'm, this is what I'm doing with my neighbors and I'm talking to my neighbors. And, and these are the kind of people, like I said, everybody's got different roles. And I think you don't have to necessarily be angry at people about it or want to fight with them, but you can still stick up for your principles. Well, in the, back yeah. in the revolutionary times in America, the Liberty Boys used to tar and feather people. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, the so Liberty yeah. girls are gonna that maybe that's a, fits on the vengeful scale. Well, they don't want to. They don't want to say. Being that old social worker, <laughs> I I say, accept your feelings, just don't act on them. Be smart when you take action. But if you're angry, there's a reason, because if you can't get angry about the loss of your country, the loss of your liberty, what can you get angry about? I have two other things planned for the show, and that is um, time for calls. So everybody who's listening, please call in. I don't get nearly enough time to take calls. I do a lot of radio that's taped these days, although not always. So I'd love to taking calls, no matter what people have to say. So I've left room for that. And then I have a friend, someone I've had, I've been friends with for my God, 20 something years, Leslie Hanks, who is a longtime pro-life activist. At one time we had bitter disagreements, but we don't disagree so much anymore. And she testified in the hearing about abortion, uh, the Colorado monopoly of power Um, wants to uh, indemnify abortion in Colorado because apparently same thing they're doing in federal, in the federal level. Right. Right. To make it a right. So she's going to give us a a report about what she did and how she testified and they already voted for it. So we know that, but some of the things that she has to share are interesting. 
Well, and I think that is an interesting battle too. And I'll go again with, I mean, the left, they know they've won on this one. For some reason, you know, just abortion, like climate change, it's just one of their things, right? And if they can get people all up in arms and fired up about abortion. So, I mean, they used, you know, you could be like, hey, it's Tuesday. They're like, abortion, Are you, you know, I mean, they want you know to bring it I, up. You know what I've come to think about it and, and what we are seeing things we never thought we'd see in our lifetimes is that abortion really was the slippery slope of a disrespect for life. It really, really was. We thought they were kidding. We thought, oh, they're just extreme. There's no, you know, people won't just cheer death and and appoint themselves Lord and master over the rest of us and decide who lives and who dies. Voila. Same thing with gay. You know, I was in the theater for 30 years. Well, they're not going to promote homosexuality and like groom children. You're a radical. You're an extremist. Guess what? That's exactly what they're doing. Right, right. Well, well. Leo's reminding me, he says, Chuck, you can't tar and feather anyone anymore. It's against PETA and the Green New Deal. So we'll have to figure out some other <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, where do you get tar in the Green New Deal? I guess I you can't know. tar and feather anybody. <laughs> um, okay, and then you'll all. Also, obviously, keeping track, as you always do, of world events, because you have a great show. I mean, you do radio all over the place, so I know you keep tabs on that. What I mean, just real quick, before we let you go here, your, your kind of thoughts on, you know, what's, what's going on in that whole situation. Which one? The Ukraine. Oh, yeah, really. No, <laughs> oh. Ukraine. I mean, well, I did give that, you know, a little bit of it. Um, I've done a couple of monologues about it. But I guess I'm still thinking about how the uh, St. Patrick's Day fell on Purim this year, yesterday. Most people don't know that because even Jews don't know when the Jewish holidays are because we're on a lunar calendar. And so I went to a Purim event yesterday. And as an adult, I've come to really appreciate the story of Purim. That's when we read the book of Esther, which you may remember or know. But there's a few things about Purim that are so relevant today and have been for me, ever since the Obama years. <laughs> and that is the, the lesson of Purim among them is there's God's hand in this entire story. And yet God is never mentioned. Yeah. Uh, secondly, things can turn on a dime just when you think all is lost. Cause you know, most Jewish holidays are, they tried to kill us. They failed. Let's eat. Uh, and we killed them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the third thing, which is particularly interesting to me, is that it's a time when even rabbis get a little tipsy. So it's interesting. It was the same day this year as St. Patrick's Day. And, and part of it is, is that everything is upside down. Nothing is right. Everything is twisted and tilted like you're in a carnival mirror. Nothing looks real or correct, you know, Uh and that's what we're seeing everywhere we turn today. Our country is being subverted. Uh, Criminals are now victims. Law-abiding citizens are criminals. On and on it goes. Did you ever think you'd see a time when America stood up with Iran, Venezuela, and communist Cuba and put down the freedom fighters? America has traditionally always stood for freedom, but it isn't anymore. It's terrifying. And, and things aren't good out there. And so Purim is a vote of hope that yes. once again, 
we'll have the bad guy hoisted by his own petard as Haman was when he was hung on the gallows of his own making. Yes. So yes. that's my prayer, and uh, I I love Purim. All right. All right. Well, we well, love thank you. you. We love so, you. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. You'll be love you. Have like a wonderful vacation. All no, right. Thank you there. Will. Karen Cataline. You can get all of her stuff. Find out where all of her numerous radio appearances um, and her um, she has great columns. She puts up to at KarenCataline.com. Um, you know, one thing she said, so I was going to talk briefly about this before we talk about our hero, Anil Mathai. Um, I saw when I was just getting ready for the show, the FBI has announced that they um, arrested five agents who were, who were stalking and harassing American citizens, and they were Chinese agents. Oh. And I'm like, what, you're arresting? But I thought, I was jokingly yeah, thinking, FBI they, they were arresting their own FBI agents. Yeah. It's like, wait, you mean it's illegal for, for people to stalk and harass <laughs> people? Like the January 6th people, like parents at school board meetings? Oh, it's like, that's illegal that's to illegal. do that? Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah, you're kidding God. me. Thank God the FBI is on that yeah, for a change. That, that's a great one. That's yeah. a great one. Um, well, let's go, let's go to Anil Mathai. He's our great friend. He's chair now of CD8, the newest congressional district in Colorado, and one in which the Republicans certainly have a very good chance of, of winning. Um, and uh, I think it was um, Ben Nicholas who, in fact, got him on. How come Ben Nicholas never gets on Steve Bannon? I know. Ben it's like, Ben, everybody. Ben, does he know Bono? I wonder if Ben knows Bono. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> um, yeah, so our own Anil Mathai, who had been the chairperson, chairman of the Colorado, at, at the Adams County Republican Party. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody who's listened to us for on those, Anil, he's just fantastic. But he was on Steve Bannon's war room yesterday. Um, so we have a little bit of the sound from that. So, uh, TJ, if you could please play the um, Anil soundbite. Jump back in here. Colorado used to be a red state and a hat tip to the Democrats. They didn't, they targeted Colorado and they had a very well thought through strategy. In fact, Colorado was really the meeting place. And they said, I think it was back at the turn of the century of how they had to take over the entire country by a grassroots effort. Walk us through quickly what the Democrats did in Colorado to flip it. And how are you guys going to compete against that? Cause they can't lose Colorado. That's got to be, that's kind of the, that, that, they're going to, that's a red line for them. They've taken a stand there because this was the laboratory where they came up with this formula to take over the whole country, sir. Yeah, the Democrats, kudos to them. They, they have a thing called the blueprints, you know, the bl- blueprint strategy. Basically, they infiltrated uh, local government. That's where the most powerful politics is, is our school boards and our city councils. You win that, then you d- develop onto the state related legislative races like the House and the Senate here in Colorado. So they've been infiltrated within uh, school systems, local races, uh, different, they set up different groups, political groups, organizations. Um, So they have a blueprint here that has worked successfully to permeate within society. And the Republicans keep looking at like national elections or local, I mean, not local, but, you know, statewide and think that they're going to win. And the Democrats banked us clean uh, and they have full control. But we can win by Focusing on the local races, building the statewide races, getting people who are principled to win. Uh, we need to stand on our platform. Uh, and so that's what we're trying to do here. Again, turnout is growing. People are upset, but they need to stay in it for the long run. Again, that precinctstrategy.com is great. That's how you take control of the Republican Party is to get involved, become a PCP. Here in Colorado, we call it a precinct committee person. And when you get involved, you take control of the local county parties and you start to influence uh, upward. And that's the best way to do it. Um, again, there's a couple of ways here to win our party back to the right 
a direction and also to win the voters back by having people they trust. A lot of people do not trust Republicans, but they will trust patriot fighters, Republicans who stand on our values and our constitution. And we can win this and we will win this. Yay, Anil. Great right, job. Well done, Great job. No, and he did a good job. I mean, I mean, when what Steve Bannon was talking about, there was something we've talked about for a while, Blueprint Colorado, which our, our friend Ted Trimpa uh, sort of Soros put together. And it basically said uh, it was a group of Democrats who didn't like the establishment Democrat Party at the time. And so they put together, they, they started small, right? It's at local well, races. That, that wasn't exactly accurate. They started with a couple house seats. Well, that's what I'm saying. The house, uh, house seats. They, yes. they didn't go down to the, the city no, council. No, they didn't go. And, and, and if you read Blueprint Colorado, you have to remember that was 20 years ago. Um, it is like a Model T Ford or a computer, your computer from 20 years before. <laughs> an abacus. Yeah, an abacus. <laughs> to what they're doing now. Yeah. I mean, right now they've, they've got the entire, you know, best Ferrari going. I mean, they, they know how to do everything and they've cheated the system so thoroughly through use of initiatives and legislature um, that Republicans can't win on statewide. Um, this year will be, if they don't win statewide races or the state house and state Senate, never will. You can as well, you might as well just give up because they've rigged the system. And the problem is, you know, we're involved in the lawsuit to, um, Try to take back the Colorado Republican, Republican Party primary. And so we just got a, a amicus, as means a friend of the court, won in our lawsuit, uh, signed by all kinds of Democrats, as well as our last governor, Bill Owens, as well as Hank. Friend Brown. of the court against you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's like, I mean, they're unbelievable. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. Why are they? Well, that, that tells me a couple of things. I did not know that. That mm-hmm. means you guys are over the target. Right. They're worried about that. They're worried about Republicans taking back the Republican primary because that's what the Democrat, as you said, their advanced strategy is to infiltrate. As Anil was saying, they've infiltrated the Democrats initially did school boards in these very local races. Well, they moved up. And now what they're doing is in certain areas that they know they can't win, they're infiltrating the actual Republican Party. Oh, yeah. And they're they're betre- pretending, Frank, that's my word, to be Republicans. And they're not. They're anything but Republicans. No, when they've done that, this is nationally. They did right. it in Wisconsin. The speaker is one of those in Arizona. It's right. the attorney general in in uh, Georgia. It's the secretary of state. Um, they've done a tremendous job of just taking over the Republican. Well, party. and here's something you could look at. I know in Adams County, because um, we're going to be going to the assembly tomorrow because we became a, a, a PCP. Um, you, am I or you are? I am. I mean, no, are you, you too? Are. Okay. Are. I just still talk. What, what am I? Do I like well, meatloaf? Who, who <laughs> um, but what's interesting is there was a guy there who's running the Republican uh, position for sheriff, one of them. And he goes, no, my opponent is criticizing me because I just became a Republican like three days ago. Yeah. But oh, I'm like, okay. well, yeah, yeah. yeah buddy. <laughs> that's, I mean, if you're looking, it's like, that's a sign. Now, unless it's somebody who has had a major conversion, if somebody did not used to be a Republican and they were become a Republican just in time to run for the Republican primary. I don't know. That's a red flag. You might look at all the candidates, but it's like, but you know, I think one thing that Anil was hitting on that the Democrats did as always is they overplayed their hand, right? Because before nobody paid attention to the school board races and he's right. School board races, simply council races. That's where you can win because you don't have the massive machine always that the Democrats can throw into place. Well, the problems are here in Westminster. We took back the city council and so forth. And what does the mayor and the city council do? Not all of them, but most of them. They, not they, Bruce Baker. Not Bruce Baker. 
but but they, they voted for a huge democratic run uh, high density development and and the and follow and, the money yeah well they say oh we well this is you know landowners rights you know uh, well, developers can do whatever they want but i think though that that daniel makes a very good point and and as we've seen in covid and as we've seen with critical race theory how important those school board positions are how important those local health departments county commissioner positions the kind of thing that you're like i don't even know what a county commissioner does kind of thing but those have a lot of uh Wade, I think, in our everyday lives. And those are races that Republicans can win. And Anil has what, long said but, that. But we have to remember, are you going to elect another Bill Owens? Well, no, you've got to be careful. You gotta, that's why well, we have our it, show. It's, so we it's can... often impossible to tell. You think you're, you're electing one and you're not. So it's really hard to vet people um, because a lot of them just, just lie. Cory Gardner was the most convincing Tea Party yeah. guy in 2010. And by the time we got to the Senate, he was Mitch McConnell's uh, but boy, uh, but but you can. There are some things you can look at. For instance, I had somebody um, was asking me about some candidates, and I was saying, you know, and I was saying this. We support this one candidate, and I'm like this candidate has been through the fire. This candidate um, has a track record that you can take a look at. Somebody like Ron Hanks, for instance, right? Yeah, Ron um, Hanks is not going to betray you. You know, Barbara Kirkmeyer for she's running for, and she'll betray you. I mean, she hates Trump. Um, doesn't think the election was stolen. You get Laurie Sane, who who has fought against everything. But but the trouble is we don't have enough people to to tell you. Barbara Kirkmeyer will sell you out. You know she always talks about how she's a strong conservative and everything else. She's just a, a, a Democrat in waiting. Just well, a Democrat and again, so there are ways you can tell, and that's to you know listen to our show. Number one, torture them. Torture no, yeah, torture, send them to Kuwait. But no, pay, take a look at the at the track record. And in a way, kind of like Tina Peters, right? It, uh, the the more the more the establishment people and the more the corporate elitists and the mainstream media people attack somebody. That sort of tells you something there too, right? The more that means, oh, okay, well, they must be a good person then. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so worried about them, you know, getting Here's elected. Leo, GOP March Capital Club Luncheon, which I've gotten lots of invitations to, featuring KBB and Bill Owens. There you go. <laughs> You can trust either of those, can't you? <laughs> well, you know, there, but as, as Karen Catlin is going to be talking about on Monday, there are also, though, a growing number of groups, right, that, that are not connected with those old establishment groups. And these people are rising up and these people are putting out candidates and these people are getting together. Uh, and, and so there is hope. And as Anil said, you know, it starts at the, at the caucus level. It starts at getting involved at these very basic levels. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm going to bet I'm just going to bet that they don't sell that luncheon out the way that Vicki Tompkins was able to sell out the Marjorie Taylor Greene event. I'm just going to say. We'll sell it out with the sellouts. Well, but if, I'm not if, if you're going to that luncheon, it shows you where you're at. Yeah, Leo, are you going there? So, hey, that is going to wrap it up for us on this party Friday. Um, listen to the beginning of the show if you didn't, because for the for the poem, for the poetry reading for Party Friday. We're trying to, you know, keep up the level of discourse and artistic merit of the show. Maybe it'll allow us back on, on you Yeah, maybe if we play more Bono poems. (laughs) And maybe we'll write our own Ukraine poem. Ukraine is lots of things wrong with Ukraine. uh, I didn't think Bono's poem was all that hot but yeah. no no it was as somebody said he should be sanctioned for writing that poem um thank you to the great guys at bbs thank you to john and to karen for coming in remember karen's going to be filling in for us monday then mark griffith after that um everyone have a great week next week we will see you after spring break and and we'll report to you we're going to the assembly and the county assembly and we'll let you know 
how that goes too, which is going to be interesting. Do do the MAGA people win or do the Bill Owen KPP people win? We'll see. We'll see. All right, everybody have a great party Friday.